Hello everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Scultori of ForeverBlueShirts.com and TheDailyGoalhorn.com. First off, before we get things started, I want to say thank you. Thank you to Nick Kiprios for launching Season 3 of the podcast with me. Uh, It was a tremendous interview, and I hope everyone goes and check it out. Uh, We talked about his new book, Undrafted. We talked about his playing career. Uh, We talked about how he made it to the NHL as an undrafted player. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was heartwarming at times, for sure. Uh, it was tough, as he discussed the uh, end of his career uh, due to a concussion. Um, one of the most terrible fights I've ever seen uh, with Nick Kiprios laying in a pool of his own blood at Center Rice and Madison Square Garden. It was a tough thing to see. But I think it's important for every fan to listen to his story. It's motivational, and it certainly was the best podcast I've put out. And I also want to thank everyone who listened. Uh, without a doubt, by far, uh, one of my best podcasts ever, 25,000 downloads and counting. I, beside myself, I thank you all for listening. I hope we picked up some new fans along the way. I hope this becomes a podcast that Ranger fans are very interested in and want to continue to listen to. Help us get to the top. Uh, You never know where things can go from there, that's for sure. Uh, Also, we do cover the NHL, so I hope uh, some hockey fans along the way will uh, look out for our NHL-centered episodes um, as well. Also on this podcast, we have a special interview with Paul Zickler, hockey brand manager for Upper Deck. Uh, We are going to talk about the hottest cards on the market right now. Upper Decks Series 1, which features the Alexei Lafreniere Young Guns rookie card, uh, which is the first card of him in a Rangers jersey. It is a great card. I know that I see fans opening packs on social media, all chasing this card down. Upper Deck, once again, fantastic job. Uh, It's a great interview. We go in-depth on Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, We talk about the brand. We talk about hockey in general, hockey collecting. Uh, I reminisce a little bit about my collecting days and hopefully uh, connects with so many of you. But to get started on this episode, let's talk about the biggest news, and that is what's going on with the NHL and the upcoming 2021 season, which it does sound like it's coming. Um, So over the course of this past week, okay, and we are recording on Saturday, December 5th, uh, so that way people have some context for timeline, um, GM Don Waddell was... um, talking to the landlords for the PNC Arena in Carolina, and he told them that he believes the season's going to start mid-January, and he also said that an announcement should be coming soon. Now, this was a few days ago, and here we are today, and the reports are all coming out to expect an announcement within the next few days. Uh, Teams have been talking with their players and telling them to get ready. Uh, It looks like a January 15th start, possible 56-game schedule. Uh, Lots of things to still be worked out. What hasn't been discussed are financials. So who knows uh, what's going to happen on the finance side, if anything at all. Maybe the NHL is backing off and just saying, hey, listen, we told you that it's either we adjust now or you're going to pay us on the back end more. Um, 
and maybe that's where they go. I, I really don't know. A lot of questions still outstanding besides finances. You know, realignment. What does that look like? What are the new divisions? No one seems to know just yet. But anyway, um, that's the big NHL news, and it is certainly something hockey fans can smile about. Another topic we should discuss is Alexei Lafreniere, who is the centerpiece of this episode, but more importantly, the Rangers' decision not to send them to the World Junior Championships. Um, I have to say it is really funny as I see the hockey world, some members of the hockey world, I should say everyone, and some fans all flipping their lids and not understanding why the Rangers aren't sending Alexi Lafreniere to go play in the World Junior Championships. Uh, conspiracy theories, too. I mean, God, the internet is a wonderful place, isn't it? Conspiracy theories that the Rangers are doing this to hurt Canada's chances of winning and giving the U.S. a better chance. Well, then, are you yelling at the Devils for not sending Jack Hughes? So, it's ridiculous. Um, after the decision, uh, Darren Drager's reporting that the Rangers were going to hold him back and then uh, verified by Hockey Canada when they made a statement that he will not be playing. The Rangers decided against it. Uh, briefly spoke with the team source who said, ultimately, the downside of him getting injured doesn't make sense. This was also a couple of days before we started getting legit word that it looks like the hockey season will start on January 15th. So... Yeah, he could have possibly played, but training camps are looking to open now on January 1st for teams that were in the qualifying rounds um, and return to play. The uh, non-return to play teams may start a few days earlier. There's also talk of no exhibition games. So in all honesty, the Rangers made the right move for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and also, why risk injury? Why risk Sending him to, you know, in an environment where the Rangers really don't have any control, um, you know, and have to rely on Hockey Canada uh, to, you know, enforce the protocols, keep him safe from COVID-19 as well. The, um, the truth is, he's, so he's also going over the border and there could be quarantine restrictions. There really was no upside when you look at it to send him there. Same thing for Capo Caco, uh, although... I really didn't think Kako was going to be playing in the World Junior Championships. Uh, if anything, I had thought maybe some a short-term loan to a team in Finland just to get some games in. But the Rangers obviously didn't want to do that. He is a roster player. There's no need for it. Uh, he's doing his training, and that's that. And there's nothing else that needs to be said. So I did want to touch on Alexi Lafreniere and not playing in the World Junior Championships. Uh, and obviously the logical reasons behind it. Finally, before we get to the interview, a uh, brand new feature on foreverblueshirts.com. Uh, I start breaking down the Rangers a little bit. Obviously, we, we want to get ready for the season, um, talk about the team. You, the question mark really for the team this year is going to be defense. Um, for all the promise that they have, Panarin, Zibanejad, and what they did last season and should continue to do, and the progress Buchnevich has made, uh, and not to mention the, the young stars 
that they're, they're going to have in the lineup in Capo Caco, who will be a season wiser and older in the National Hockey League. Uh, the generational talent, Alexei Lafreniere, who should be you know playing third-line minutes to start but could possibly find himself in the top six. Definitely, I believe he will be a power play player and wouldn't be surprised if they don't try him in the penalty kill. Uh, he is that fantastic a talent. Uh, Rangers really do have so much going for them. In goal, Shesterkin and Georgiev. The Rangers are set in net for quite a while. Uh, things are really, really looking good, but the defense is a question mark. Um, especially if they're going to move D'Angelo to the left side and pair him with Jacob Truba, who had who struggled. He It took him a while to get acclimated. He really started looking much better towards the end of the season. More so the Truba that we were uh, hoping to get when we traded for him and signed. But the bottom line is the top four should be really good. And that could be enough to get the Rangers to that next level. Um, I know D'Angelo is not considered a defensive stalwart, but that's not what he gets paid to do. He was the fourth highest scoring defenseman. Not bad for a 24-year-old, you know, 25-year-old kid. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he and Truba could do together, especially if Truba's not being forced to carry the puck and can just use that massive shot of his. I think they could do very well, and I think they could be very solid in their own end. Um, both of them are mean. D'Angelo is obviously, uh, he'll, he can play with an edge. It's not really his game, but he could help transition the puck, and Truba can clear the net, which is what I was hoping he would do when he got here. Um, the, the second defense pairing of Lindgren and Adam Fox What's not to like? I mean, the chemistry between them is something I have not seen since the days of Jeff Bukaboom and Brian Leach. Simple. I'm not calling them the next Bukaboom and Leach. It's still very early in their careers, but man, they do look good together. And Adam Fox was very impressive. Very impressive. I will not, and I'm serious, I will not put him in the same category as Brian Leach. Brian Leach was a generational defenseman um, topped 100 points, first American to win the Conn Smythe. That is a lot to put on Adam Fox. Although he has great upside and really has some promising things to his game, it's not fair to do that. The problem is third-pair defense. And right now, if it's going to be the two veterans, it's going to be a third defense pairing of Brendan Smith and Jack Johnson. Ah, I don't know what schema Jacques Martin is going to come up with that will compensate for putting those two together. They're both not very fast. Jack Johnson is very slow-footed. Are they big? Are they mean? The answer is yes. Can they transition the puck well for the type of game Quinn wants to play? I do not think so. I think that will lead to catastrophe in their own end. And if the Rangers' third pair defense is those two, it could be a very difficult season at times. Um, the promise is, is that there's two young kids by the name of Libor Hayek and Tarmo Runinen that could compete and win jobs. And that's what they're going to need. Those two guys are going to have to step up because they both are mobile. They both can shoot the puck. They both can pass the puck. They're young. They have a, They both have upside. I, too, believe Tarmo Runinen has blossomed into a potential Top six NHL defenseman. It would be great to see what he can do in camp. Um, I know he's uh, Finland the league. The leagues in Finland have shut down for the next uh, few weeks due to COVID-19, so he won't be playing. 
but he has gone on record in an exclusive interview with us that as soon as training camp opens, he's leaving Finland to come to North America to compete. So we do know that much. So all good things, really, when you think about it. Uh, Question marks abound, and that's going to be natural. Almost every team has them, but this is a big one for the Rangers. Um, But with that said, I think this is going to be a good team. It's going to be a fun year. Do they, can they make the playoffs? I don't know. Show me what real alignment looks like. Tell me what uh, the schedule is going to look like. Tell me how many times they're going to be playing the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, they probably won't be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Realignment does have the Boston Bruins in their division. Um, but we'll see. You know, um, Capitals, they're tough. The Flyers, they had a hard time against the Flyers last year. Uh, they even struggled at times with the Devils. They were 500 with the Devils. So there's so many questions um, when it comes to that. But no matter what, it should be an exciting season for the New York Rangers. And one that I think fans will will just really want to see what this kid Lafreniere can do. And also, can Capo Caco take the next step in his NHL career? So with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back... The interview with Paul Zickler of Upper Deck Hockey. Okay, fans, and we're back. And here's the interview I promised you with Paul Zickler, hockey brand manager for Upper Deck. Probably the hottest sports cards around, especially for you hockey fans. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, it's a pleasure a pleasure to be here. So uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so... Um, I, I hear you have a pretty uh, popular uh, hockey card set uh, going around these days. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, our flagship Upper Deck Series 1 hit the shelves. Um, you know, obviously a unique scenario without the season going on, but um, the crop of rookies in this product was obviously highly touted with Alexi going number one to your fellow market there in New York, um, <laughs> you know, as well as a number of other prospects. So. Everyone was really excited for sure. Yeah. And it's a beautiful set. Uh, I will say this. So I'm in my forties. I'm not going to be specific, right? Uh, <laughs> my, my love for hockey grew. And I, and again, I guess it's every generation is different. I think kids today are more with video games and that's how they learn the players. But for me, you know, Atari was out and, you know, you had these little pixelated, you know, pole position playing, you know, your fingers were dying just to play a video <laughs> game of a car that looked like a block. But, uh, but for me, I remember opening up my first pack of hockey cards and tops and being that, you know, cable wasn't big and the game wasn't big. You know, I learned about players like Mike Liute, you know, and, and I, you know, like these were like, wow, who's this guy? You, know, you look at his stats, you go, my God, he's a great goalie. My, Bob Froze has got like a four goals against average. This guy's uh-huh. in the threes. <laughs> but those are the type of things I remember. And that's how I learned the players. So Tops always did a nice job. But when Upper Deck came around and I was still in the collecting phase, and it was pretty big. I clearly remember Upper Deck changing the game because those cards, they were like, they popped. I mean, Pavel Bure, and I know you're from Vancouver, right? So Pavel Bure, like, I look like he was on a California beach with a pair of rollerblades on. Yeah, Me yeah. being a Ranger fan, there's that that famous Stephen Rice, um, I think Tony Amante, and Doug Way in the water with hockey sticks. I mean, you guys really upped the ante when it came to hockey cards. 
Yeah, you know, and I think I think you know, obviously too with Upper Deck, we we want to you know launch a premium product. So you know, with the photography and you know the the gloss and the deco foil and the shininess, you know, we really pride ourselves on that. And we had to get creative with Alexi this year because obviously we didn't. Uh, have a season going so we did have a photo shoot with him to sort of create his uh, UD1 card we wanted to get an authentic image of him for his you know because it's such a important card for him and so we actually had a photo shoot with him to, to get that imagery so you know we have to get creative just like we did back in the beret days um, you know and we had to get creative here but we're just really excited that that his first sort of rookie card hit the market here. Paul, were you there when you guys shot the uh, what I think is was an incredible video Upper Deck put out of Lafreniere? He's hopping over the boards. He's <laughs> I wish, yeah, I know. You know, being a token Canadian, um, you know, <laughs> I thought I would definitely have made the trip. You know, because obviously with COVID and the travel restrictions, I think my Canadian passport would have got me through, but. We obviously limited the travel um, and we just had uh, some of our lead photographers there and that's about it. So, um, you know, but uh, no, he looked great. He was excited and I think he was excited to put the jersey on. Oh, by the way, the video is tremendous. I I know that, you know, I thought it was so awesome. I wanted to, I I had a report about it. I had to post a, a spot on it. I think, I think it was great Ranger fans getting to see him for the first time. And it wasn't just, you know, Man, we're gonna just throw a jersey on him, let him skate around. No, yet you voiced it over. Very well done. So you guys should get kudos for that. Upper deck always on top. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, we had to get creative, and uh, obviously Alexi, you know, he he's the one that really starred in that role, and and why it turned out so well. Yeah, and uh, I believe he signed with you guys. Is it exclusive? Yeah, he's a spokesman. So um, obviously a young spokesman to join our other sort of pillar of players from Connor Wayne and Tiger and Jordan and so on. So, you know, he's really a unique kid, um, you know, not only on ice with sort of his, his hybrid between a physical game and a finesse game and obviously the skill he has, but he's also a really good person. He's family oriented. He's a hard worker. He loves cards, um, you know, so it was a perfect fit um, on many levels, you know, and we're just happy and, and I'm sure he's happy as well to join the, the spokesman family. Have you spoken to him often? Uh, he's been in the office, so he came cool. and, uh, you know, I think when he signed his contract and, and we got some autographs and just gave him a tour and introduced. So I said hello, um, you know, but he's just learning everything as well, right? It's it's a big jump when you go from the junior leagues to obviously the NHL and a big market like New York. So, um, you know, I think he was also taking it all in. Cool, cool. So let me let me ask. I mean, performance wise, you know, how are the how's this series doing? Say to the last one, uh, you know, Jack Hughes was the number one pick last year. Uh, you know, and he's a rival devil. So if this if this set is outperforming that set, gives me something to crow about when I talk to a couple of devil fans in the future. Yeah, you know, I think I think the the landscape of the category is different. You know, even from last year, um, if you noticed over the summer and sort of the beginning of of when sort of the pandemic started, collecting really took off. You know, and there was some high end cards like like. Connor McDavid's rookie auto patch that went for big money on the auction block and, and followed by some other big cards in other sports. 
Um, you know, and just in general, sports being a, it's kind of like a savior for people during this this time at home. And, and you know, so I think the collecting space is, as well has changed dramatically even over the last 12 months. So I think there's a number of factors. Um, and also, I think, you know, not anything against our New Jersey fans, but an original six team in the Big Apple, um, you know, and being a Canadian born player, he really transcends the whole market now. And, um, you know, I think it is slightly bigger scale than our situation last year. Yeah, the whole maybe having the, that's the first time the Rangers picked first overall since 1965 might have something to do with it. <laughs> well, and the Rangers team is really good. You know, it's, um, they were in the qualifier this year. They have an MVP candidate every year with Panarin. Zabinajad, uh, and then the young core. So, you know, I think it is a, a slightly different scenario in that the Rangers got quite lucky to land the number one overall pick, and he's going into a situation where they're going to be a really good team from the get-go. So, Paul, what I'm trying to ascertain here, and I don't know if you're going to be honest enough, but <laughs> when the ping-pong ball came up Rangers – did you jump as high as I did knowing that upper deck now is probably going to have the number one overall pick in a large market like New York? Yeah, I mean, they, a little different they, for me. Yeah, I know Toronto was in there um, in New York. That was probably my one, too, you know, from a collecting standpoint. So, you know, the previous year, I think the Blackhawks were in it and the um, – and Detroit and, and New Jersey, and it went the other way. So, you know, but personally, from my take, those were the top markets. And um, obviously, we both know it ended up in New York. So I did I did do a little Canadian jig. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> At least you were, I, I was like, he's got to be honest. I mean, the man yeah. has to put out a series of hockey cards. And I'm sorry, you know, product is product. And it's, you, the challenge is, what can we do that's fresh and new? And that can't be easy. When, no matter what industry you're in, what kind of a product, I don't care if it's you're, you're making a soda, you're making food, or you're designing software for a niche market, you are putting out hockey cards and there are tons of competition. What do you guys have to go through? What's the process to say, all right, what are we doing different with this set? What are we going to introduce that's going to make people go, oh, I want to chase those cards. I, I want that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the thing about trading cards. And really, I, I didn't get this perspective till I really jumped into my current role. But trading cards is, a, you know, it's a eight to 12 month production process. So it's a really uh, time consuming, um, tough product to build, you know, from getting the images, creating the bios, obviously the players skating in a the game. There's so many factors. And, um, you know, but our product team really does um, a lot of research and just keeps their pulse on the market to try to figure out new ways and trends to, into, into inject new brands into the space. And obviously the last couple of years, we've been building a lot of new products from Allure, which is a Chromium-based product. To credentials, which is kind of an in innovative look into the night or into game day action with the you know debut tickets to some new high end brands like Splendor a couple years ago and Stature, which is a really shiny, unique substrate based product. Um, you know all of these different things. 
you know, we're always keeping a, a sort of pace on the market and trying to innovate. And that's what we try to do every year. Um, and then also from a product standpoint, like even with UD1 this year, with Alexi being French Canadian from Quebec, we thought it was a very good time to, to bring back the, the young gun French parallel. And uh, it was something we did. We did a standalone French set back in 2010, I think, if I can recall correctly, which was PK Subban's rookie year. We thought that was a perfect time this year to bring it back, given obviously Alexi's French Canadian roots and also because we do have a lot of Canadian collectors. So that's just a little nuance of how, on a product to product um, you know, innovation level is we're always trying to sort of capitalize on those unique things and unique opportunities that just arrive with the rookie class and other trends during the season. Speaking of trying to be innovative, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to spin the wheels back a little bit because I told you I was a collector, right? And it's got to be difficult, right? You, you know, what's the, the change in the medium itself? I do recall and I still have this, I have a box set of four digital cards, CD-ROMs. It was the greatest collection, Babe Ruth, Wayne Gretzky, Joe Montana, and Michael Jordan. And I have it in pristine condition. It's open because I you, I actually watched them. I put them in my computer, in my little disc player, yeah. and I love those cards. I thought it was so new, but I don't think it ever took off because I even bought the hockey cards that came out afterwards. I bought those digital packs. Yeah. Are you talking about the video, the video cards? Yes. Yeah. They were little discs yeah. with, they were beautifully printed. It looked like a card. Right. It was even shaped. It wasn't a circle. It was yeah. cut so that it would look like a car with a little bit of a round edge so that way you could fit it nicely in your CD-ROM and literally watch the action live and you could click through, read the bios. I loved it, but I don't think it took off. <laughs> yeah. You know, for all the good ideas and, and sort of the ideas that consumers see and, and obviously that you hear about in the media when it's in a success there's probably five or five or ten other ones that obviously didn't make it, and that's the thing about it, innovations. Um, you know, just like um, Gretzky says, you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know, some of them don't work out, right? They don't get out of the sort of the the brainstorming sessions here in, in our Carlsbad office. So I'm sure there's a few that uh, you know we could note on that board for sure. So are you saying that my binder full of digital hockey cards and football cards are not worth much? <laughs> hey, you know what? You, you know, it's, it's interesting because obviously I haven't been in the collecting space as long as you have, but, you know, any, the trends can always go in cycles. And, uh, you know, one thing I've learned, I think, from talking to a lot of the older collectors at the National and at the Fall Expo in Toronto you know, over time, things seem to appreciate. So I wouldn't say ditch it. I would keep it. Never. You never know, you never. know, and uh, especially when you start to get some of these rare sets, um, you know, they've really escalated in value over time. So I would hold on to that one. Oh, absolutely. Trust me. It's, 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 <laughs> it's all safely kept. I'm joking around a little bit. So, um, all right. So I know that there's different I guess, um, series or brands or whatever that are for different types of collectors. And me, a little older in life, I would target more of the upscale stuff. And I think that's your stature. Right. My question is to you, 
is what does a box of stature cost? Because I went on the website and I was like, okay. And I was like, hmm, is this like going to the Mercedes dealership where if you have to ask the price, you shouldn't be in there? <laughs> right. Right. No, with those high-end brands like Stature, they're in the $100 range, you know, but obviously our cup product goes a few hundred dollars. But but like you said, our, our product line is deep. Uh, you know, you're looking at 30 to 40 uh, releases annually and, you know, they cover every price point, you know, from MVP and, and OPG that kind of kick off our hockey season. You know, they're, they're affordable packs. They have very deep checklists. Uh, a lot of fun inserts and, um, you know, the, and they can engage at customers at every price point. So we want to make sure that we, we really um, have a, a product calendar that appeals to everybody, whatever price category you want to enter in or, or whatever collecting sort of objectives and interests you have, we really try to accommodate everybody. And, um, you know, I think that's why we have such a strong collector base uh, at different age age groups, um, you know, and and we'll continue to do that for sure. Awesome. Uh, I also saw that obviously, like we talked about, we are in a digital world. So Upper Deck does have something called EPAC. Can you talk about that a little bit? And is yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. WWE. Yeah, the, so it's our um, online trading card platform. It can uh, you can check it out at www.upperdeckepac.com. And it's really revolutionized uh, the industry, and it's something that I know our entire team is is proud of, um, you know. And the the concept really came from you know back when you were collecting, uh, back in the '90s, boom, what have you, you know, where you had card shows all the time, you could collect and and go and trade, uh, you know, pretty much in any city, you know, and easily complete a set and. Um, Obviously, since then, the numbers of stores and numbers of card shows is definitely consolidated. And, you know, people are relying on, on eBay and other channels to sort of complete their sets. Um, well, we wanted to create a digital platform where you could open up physical cards uh, and also trade physical cards and complete your sets through this online platform. So, um Taking MVP, that's the first sort of release of our calendar. And we also release it on EPAC. You can go on to Upper Deck EPAC and buy digital packs of cards of MVP. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll open up the pack online. You can flip through each card. And then the physical cards from your pack will be transferred to your ComC account where you can then get them shipped to you. So it's like buying physical cards um, you know, um, but it's through our online platform. And uh, the other interesting thing, like I said about the collecting basis, there's a whole community on there where you can post uh, and trade and sell cards. So you can connect with other EPAC users, complete your sets and, um, you know, hold your collection online. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, and where do you see Upper Deck in a few years in the digital market well and that's the thing is you know most of our the hobby uh that we know is is sort of us and canada you know we through our epac platform we have customers all over the world you know uh we even had a customer last year from yemen so uh it truly opens up our products to a, a global stage um you know and obviously we know hockey's really big in the latvian country so it's really opened up our customer base and our accessibility to our global consumers that's fantastic 
You know, uh, so I'm seeing Alexi Lafreniere cards on uh, eBay and they're going, one guy's probably needs to, someone needs to talk to him because he's selling it for 80 and everyone else is settling it for 300. What's going on? Well, that's the one you should go and buy. <laughs> you press the buy now button. Before the guy figures it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, uh, this is a lot of fun. I, you know, before, I, before we kind of wrap up, I always offer all my guests, you know, give you a complete minute or two, whatever you want to plug, wherever you want to tell people to get these great cards. The holidays are coming. You can shop online. I see the store. So shoot. No, I, I would just say, you know, I think this is the year for hockey cards. You know, obviously collectors, there's, you know, you have baseball, you have football, you have basketball, but Alexi Lafreniere I think is going to be the marquee rookie across the entire industry this year. So it's a really uh, fun time for hockey collectors, but any trading card collectors that, um, you know, are looking for the next best thing. I think this kid's the real deal. I'm excited to see him on the ice. I know the Rangers said that uh, he won't be playing in the world junior championships this year, mm -hmm. um, but this kid's special. So just enjoy it. Um, you know, and obviously check out uh, Upper Deck EPAC and our products. And, uh, you know, we're excited just to be a part of the industry. So I actually spoke to the Rangers really quick about Lafreniere not going. And they're, they were pretty, pretty, you know, honest. It's like there really is a, there's no down, there's too much downside if he gets hurt. And the season does sound like it might start in January. But as a Canadian, are you one of the conspiracy theorists out there on the internet that think that they're trying to hold him back so that the U.S. wins the World Junior Championships? Yeah, you know, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I totally get it. And obviously, there's there's other health issues at play other Absolutely. than on ice injury. Um, you know, but I, I know that the Rangers are excited about the season and, uh, they want to have a, a, him to have a predominant role from the get go. So I think that's good for everybody. Um, you know, and, um, you know, I think, I think they, they made a, a very conscientious choice there. So, um, you know, I'm sure it's still going to be a good team, uh, good, uh, tournament. I know Bowen Byram's still there. Who's a, a young gun this year, he's our rookie class. So there'll mm -hmm. be other players that will be able to step up. And I think Alexi really showed uh, his leadership role last year. So he can pass the torch on. Right. And Quentin Byfield is no slouch, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, another another UD guy too. So we're really excited about Quentin. Uh, we signed him as well to an exclusive. So, um, you know, the uh, I'm sure it will be a really good tournament. And uh, it will be good to have some hockey back on the air. Completely agree. Paul, thank you so much. I want to wish you all the best. I want you to stay safe, stay healthy. Happy holidays to you. And thank you so much for joining us. And fans, thanks for tuning into this podcast. See you next hey, time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Paul. Take care, buddy. Thank you. All right.